0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our so-called Hockey Hotline podcast. I'm Dave Walker here, Hockey Manager at Great Park Ice um, with the rest of our Hockey Managers here, John Mainberger, uh, Dean Wilson, Vince Vias. This week's Episode 7, we've got a special guest. We've got our Great Park Ice uh, General Manager, Eddie Hawkins, um, here to answer a few of our questions and give a a little bit more insight um, for our customers and viewers on What it takes uh, on a day-to-day basis to uh, run and operate a facility like Great Park Ice and Five Points Arena. So, Eddie, uh, welcome to the podcast. Woo! Thanks. Thanks <laughs> big, intro, big intro. Big yeah.
1: intro.
0: So, so Eddie, um, we we kind of figured out born in born in uh, Kansas, but raised in New Hampshire. Um, you know, grew yes, up sir. playing some youth youth hockey, a goaltender at, at that. Um, you know, as as you were being raised in New Hampshire, um, did you ever cross your, cross your mind that you'd be GM of a, a facility in California, and now going through the COVID nineteen um, kind of situation that we're dealing with right now?
1: I would say uh, one part of that I probably anticipated it was the California part. <laughs> the weather, yeah. Every winter in New Hampshire, I, I envisioned being in Florida or. California as an adult, so so that part, yeah. But I probably, you know, as a youngster growing up, probably anticipated, you know, being a starting goalie for the Boston Bruins or some, something that else unrealistic. So, um, but yeah, once I realized that wasn't going to happen, then I focused kind of on working in the hockey industry in some capacity, and um, you know, and here we are, and uh, on my first podcast with a bunch of big shots here, so happy. <laughs>
2: you like made that. it yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the first time i heard big took, shot but i'll tell you, 37 yeah, years and i'm here so
0: yeah. check it so, off baby that's it let's get one thing uh, one thing clear here eddie and i um huge fans both share the same uh love and passion for uh our new england patriots um so let's ask you right now what are your thoughts on tom brady going to tampa bay because i know my feeling about it but
1: what's what's yours uh, I mean, I'm happy that there's a chance we get to play him in the Super Bowl. I'll just leave it at that because him being on an NFC team makes me a little more happy than an AFC team. But you know, in Bill, we trust, so I'm, I'm good. I'm ready to <laughs> Bill
2: we trust. I can hear about
0: yeah. I, I, I look at it from, like I said, I, I'll, I there's not a single player in the league that I would <laughs> trade for Bill Belichick, and exactly. eventually, we're going to have to retool and rebuild because whether it's this year, next year, or in two years' time, so um. I'm um, I'm I'm not too upset because I uh, they've shown that they've got the ability to to rebuild and rebuild quick so
1: yeah were you, were you, championships so were you guys upset. surprised with Gronk coming back yeah that one yeah. surprised that one surprised yeah. me that it was so quick yeah 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 I was kind of shocked too I was like oh maybe they got one more but go at it fourth round pick though I'll take that whatever <laughs> they got
0: fourth round for for somebody that wasn't even playing the year before that's
1: WWF twenty four seven champion <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> So but let's get back to our hockey here. So you grew up playing goaltender. Um, what, what drew you to goaltending over, um, you know, uh, playing out? Uh,
1: being the biggest kid in my <laughs> team, on my team and, and class probably. So, so that's how That's how it worked, how it worked back in uh, what, oh, well, 19, that. Probably 1987 or 88 when I first started playing, like it was called instructionals where I lived. That's what okay. the, um, I think I was five or six, and then by year two of instructionals they rotate kind of like we do now, but they rotate the goalie through, and everybody does once, and then after once, they ask for people who want to do it again, and there was like three of us that wanted to do it a second time, and then they go again, and then the, I was the only one that wanted to do it a third or fourth time, so then yeah. I was a goalie, and just like yeah, the yeah, I liked the pads, like the helmet, you know, like the cool Eddie Belfour helmets from back in the day, and um just kind of stuck and then started taking it a little more seriously not too seriously but i I played
0: goal when i was younger and i thought i was like this is great i just laid on the ice kids couldn't lift the puck but as soon as kids started lifting the puck i was like i'm done yeah,
1: yeah. i didn't I like, like how I'm much anymore yeah yeah i had a jaffa uh kelly rudy with the the neck guard because I, I did not like getting hit in the side of the head yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> was, you was about your angle you know, growing up eddie was, uh, it, was, a, was it a player uh, it was a play. I would say Andy Moog probably was the goalie when, during my generation, they was like, uh, right Reggie after. Reggie Lemelin? That, yeah, I think it was like Reggie Lemelin switching into Andy Moog and then he backed him up. So like the late 80s, early 90s Bruins probably, Camp Neely, Andy Moog, Ray Boer. That's what really got me into pro hockey. Uh, I got to catch one game at the, the Old Garden, which was nice. Um, one game, I think, maybe two at the Hartford, I forget the name of it now, but the Whale. Uh, the whalers stadium uh, i think it was the odd no not the odd that was buffalo but the, the Whalers stadium it was a nice little rivalry boston hartford uh, for a few years before they moved but we've asked nice. you a few
2: times uh you know you've been here for a little bit while now uh what's going to take you to get you back in the pads and, and back on the ice uh, dave walker <laughs> he he did one game out there so i think everyone at least has one game in them. yeah
1: uh uh, you know I don't know I would, I would say something to the severity of like a whole pandemic but no <laughs> we're almost there <laughs> yeah so uh, I don't know it's been a while I, I think I suited up for like a charity not charity uh, like an employee game a couple oh, years, five four or five years ago my last uh, building before I came out west but um, kind of hung them up I don't mind skating out once in a while and getting on the ice but goalie is one where I, I feel for men's league goalies because everybody asked me that same question I know I, I've told you this before John like for me to play goalie, somewhat decent, I have to take it kind of seriously. So I can't have a couple beers. <laughs> yeah. So if I do not take it seriously, then I'm awful. And then even though everybody says don't worry about it, you know, goalie is the one person who does because no team, nobody wants to play with their buddy who you know lets an eight right off the bat. So that might be a <laughs>
2: win-win. You go in, you play the one game, you do awful, you don't get the call back either way, yeah, so you don't have to sure. come back to the <laughs> next week, <laughs> and everybody stops bugging me about it. Yeah. 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 So that's a good point that
0: you brought up, uh, you know, about other facilities uh, when when you were playing the last time you played. Um, So I guess, you know, we all know you've you've worked at different facilities across the country. Um, You know, kind of touch upon how you like how and where you kind of started in terms of, you know, the the GM facility and operating facilities um, to where you are now um, in California and how that kind of road kind of was developed for you.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'll I'll keep it pretty brief here. There's a lot of stops along the way, but uh, I I made a joke about it earlier, but realistically was, you know, at a point when I realized playing or being coached or or being coaching level wasn't an option. And and then I realized this is about, I graduated high school around 2000, 2001 um, and new. So sports management was kind of a new major. So went to Merrimack college my freshman year and then Daniel Webster college, a small school for the final three that's now closed down, but to do sport management. And then I got an internship with Philadelphia Flyers, my most you know hated team growing up. <laughs> How'd that <laughs> work out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I worked at uh, UMass Lowell as an intern. They had a D1 program, still do I believe. But, um, and the athletic director knew the marketing. where he used to work for the Flyers. So it just kind of helped bridge that gap. I applied for an internship in marketing of, of all things and uh, did an internship the last half of my senior year stayed down there full-time after and got a job in community relations and then um, working for, they have a very similar structure to us with uh, the Skate Zones, which is like our rinks program. So um, I jumped over to the Skate Zone side of things to do marketing before I went back to the team to do publicity. And I just had like a one-year window where I worked for the, the Skate Zone part of the company, even though it was in marketing, I just kind of I realized that's more where I wanted to be was a little closer to the actual hockey product, you know, not so much working in a, in a administrative office for a, for a team and, and marketing. So, so I kind of just kept that in the back of my head for a year or so with the flyers and then uh, uh, a company named Camden ice sports bought a rink uh, in uh, Vineland, New Jersey, halfway between Philly and Atlantic city, and um, just applied for a position there. And I just kind of had some ironic lucky to- lucky for me, but, some lucky timing where the positions opened up Um, shortly after going on as sales manager, the general manager moved on and moved up. So I moved up to general manager in in New Jersey. And, um, I think because I was single and the only one willing to move anywhere in the U (laughs) S move me, you know, every time we buy a building, I I would be, you know, interested in the next kind of step up. So went from a two sheet facility in Vineland, New Jersey, um, Ironically enough, our biggest competitor was Hollydale, which uh, is run by Guy Goudreau, which is Johnny's uh, dad. So he was, I think, in ninth or 10th grade when I was there playing for Gloucester Catholic. It was like our biggest rivalry for um, St. Augustine Prep, which was in our building. So it's kind of neat to see, you know, 10 years later now or 15 years later, his son is an all-star and his other son, you know, to that level. But uh, then we purchased a, bit, a building in Chicago, a three, three-ring facility in Romeoville, um, went on to, to take that position and then. Fort Wayne, Indiana, we built a new building when I was at the company uh, in a sport uh, field house. So like basketball, uh, volleyball, they had some AstroTurf, some indoor golf. So managed those two facilities. And then, you know, uh, stayed with that company for almost 10 years, which was until about 2016. And the, the position at Anaheim Ice opened up and I was kind of on the lookout for something different, a permanent home. I moved around a lot with, with my previous company because I could and I was ready to you know ripe old age of 33 or so to find a place to settle down and somewhere warm to my comment earlier and it just happened to kind of the timing worked out right.
2: I think it leads to a good question for me is uh you know coming to Anaheim did you were there any talks about the Great Park facility um was that even an option or did you even know anything about that? I knew about the I think at the time they hadn't finalized the location yet but um
1: officially but i had known the ducks were about to build a facility to this stature there was no talks with you know the ducks on it or art or anybody but um i was aware that in the future the rinks would continue to grow and that's the biggest piece not great park necessarily but the fact the growth that the rinks has has experienced well before i came out here um you know it was already on my radar i'd been with a similar company so um, the chance to come out here with the opportunity for future growth is plus the
2: weather. To, to, yeah, right. I mean, so the second part of that question is: once you did hear about the Great Park, what excited you about the the possible opportunity, and what what made you want to put your name in the hat to possibly become the GM over at that facility?
1: Yeah, I mean, once it, it was it was a no brainer for me. I
2: mean, once it, it
1: kind of it got finalized and a location was chosen and kind of got along those lines, I had already been here for for a little while and knew this is where you know a company where I wanted to city for a long time and um, and it was just the the uniqueness of the facility was probably the biggest thing obviously size and stature in terms of you know our fancy things here like the beach and the restaurants and things like that are awesome but the fact that it's a community-based rink um, from everything we do I mean obviously right now I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about it but you know during this craziness you know we're able to to turn one rink into a food bank storage so the, the ability for our company to let us do things like that um, and just the fact that it was a public private partnership there was no tax dollars in terms of the way it was funded uh, it being a non-profit and um, and really obviously the the ability to have a four-sheet facility to this size and do the things that we've already done and have on the horizon it was it was a lot of things on the checklist a lot yeah, of right. <laughs> a couple did it but um, how unique it was was really what was yeah. for me because even if somebody will pass us, right? Like there'll be a bigger facility, there'll be better facilities built, but um, this one will still be very special and unique because of the way it was funded, the way it was created, uh, our ownership group, the way the team is tied to this building, um, the staff we have and and the ability to, uh, for me, help be a part of building something from the the ground up that was already started obviously well before I got here, but to, to work with the team that we put together here from the ground up was something I thought I would never have the opportunity again and I, I know that i would never have an opportunity like this again so um so it's an easy decision for me to throw my name
2: in the hat yeah cool
1: hey eddie uh, like you were talking about earlier kind of where the building is kind of setting the foundation for possible other buildings or companies that are making um my
0: question is have other companies come out or reached out to you regarding hey can we tour your facility because we're looking at you know building ours somewhere else so
1: yeah there's been a couple i think um St. Louis just opened theirs, I believe, halfway through yeah. last season, I think. At the exact date, I'm not sure, but um, I know they had um, been out a few times with Art, and I think Art had gone out there. Um, we've we've uh, met with the Seattle group a few times. Art does a lot more of this than myself, obviously, but the Seattle group's been down a couple times to look at the building. This as well before, obviously, the, the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. and the one thing about this group of uh, – uh, or the group of NHL facilities is it's a very tight network. So – um, the, vet, the vice presidents of, of each organization that has facilities like ours. So the predators, us, the sharks, the you know, flyers um, get together once a year, whether it be virtually or in person and um, kind of hammer out some, some best practices. And the ironic thing is, you know, during times like this, it's a huge help and a huge asset. We're all sharing resources to try to move towards, you know, the common goal of reopening uh, at some point and phasing in. Um, so instead of recreating the wheel, it allows us to, to kind of leverage those opportunities and, and share best practices and um, get kind of the same, same thing going. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I, I guess along those, those lines, how, with what we're dealing with now with this COVID 19, how has is, is your day to day been affected or, or changed um, from when prior to um, the COVID 19?
1: uh first one would probably be you know a few extra pounds like everybody <laughs> but, <laughs> a couple more zoom calls <laughs> yeah, yeah zoom meetings uh teams meetings um from a day to day for me obviously a lots changed in terms of um where my day to day stuff has uh, today i'm at the rink um you know a couple days a week you're at the rink mostly from home like everybody um and really just the the hardest part for me even in the day to day change has been um you're continu- it's continuously changing, continuously evolving. So we'll move forward on kind of some, some plan A, plan B, plan C for what may happen. And then what may happen might be totally different. The stay-at-home orders may come longer or shorter. So um, it's just constantly evolving, which, you know, is, is for everybody in every walk of life. But, um, the, you know, I'd say the biggest challenge during this time is, you know, just trying to be stay connected with, with my team here and, and us as a company, obviously, like this are great. Um, as David knows I try to have a call once a week with with our management team Um, our assistant manager some of our assistant managers and our manager Holly have put together things like virtual happy hours and stuff (laughs) our staff engaged um, obviously and others doing great things with contests for our staff and um, really the focus has gone from I mean the focus has always been communication in a building this size but now it's the focus in a different way it's more reaching out to know everybody 66 days or however long it's been is a long time and there's still more to come so um it's really just trying to put that hat on first instead of like the old days it was put on the operational hat first and kind of rely on the person you know the personal side of it kind of in combination with whereas now there's no operations so the important thing is our people and and making sure they're safe and comfortable and, and checking in with them so so that's how it shifted a little bit not necessarily changed but kind of how it's weighted how we spend our time and and preparation obviously now we're just full full steam ahead in terms of preparing for different scenarios so um you know and, and hopefully one of them happens is the exact one we know it won't be but hopefully it's close to one of the scenarios we prepared for the timing and dates and and then we have less to do at a later date and hopefully open up you know even
2: sooner I think during these times, you know, there's there's been a lot of out of, out of the box thinking, you know, and, and using innovation is going to be a key to all our success and growth. Uh, what ways do you think that we can, you know, get ahead of that? And is there any have been any talks of, you know, obviously we have virtual training in this virtual environment kind of a platform? Obviously we have a podcast. Is there anything been talked about facility wide that we might have to kind of look into to be successful in our growth or continue growth? Yeah, I think, you know, I think the the easiest way to sum it up
1: is pretty much everything's being looked at, right? There's no, from top down here, it's, it's, hey, share your ideas. I know that's one thing I share with, with my team on our calls is the management team is working on different scenarios, different ideas, but there's no way we're going to guess all of them. And it's okay if the answer is we don't know on certain things, but really just relying on everybody to kind of submit those best practices and thoughts and suggestions. But, you know, I think, uh, Our company. I mean, we were right away. You know uh, how quickly you guys got together, came up with you know a nice logo and nice intro music and and all. (laughs) You know, and uh, hockey or sorry, the the skating tips and home. So, you know, the fact that we were able to pivot so quickly. um, And by no means is it the pivoting to something that's equal to what we did before. We all know that. But um, the fact that you know, I was checking the Instagram stories today and saw uh, one of our. Skating coaches, Jackie Schaefer, and there was forty people. It looked like on her Zoom thing, and she's doing a class from home with a rink. Yeah. Down. And you know, three months ago, I never would have thought that's something that you know I'd see tots from our huge Learn to Skate program doing you know in their living room on my Instagram, being the only person in a three hundred thousand square foot building. So yeah, um, it's just kind of <laughs> yeah. constantly evolving. Yeah. I think the and I actually think the company waiting a- for a comment from. uh Walker and uh, John where's the comment after he didn't think he would ever see that I was waiting for a comment from you guys
0: oh your mic works Dean your mic works
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) just just figure I'd figure I'd throw that in there give you guys a window
0: yeah what I was going to say is that I I actually think from a whole like not just a great park standpoint but the company standpoint um, they've done a really good job like every week we get those um, updates or the little you know post your vacation photo post your you know graduation or senior year photo yours like, look
2: good Eddie I like that there bud. <laughs> was, that, the was, that, was, that, was that puka shells yeah puka shells friendship bracelet corduroy
1: cargoes That's right. the, right. just wanted to make sure you're, you're dialed in yeah there's Fire. a lot of Dave Matthews band in uh, <laughs> late 90s yeah <laughs>
0: And I think it's great. Like we have those, the I guess it'd be the little questionnaires or the trivia ones. They surveys the stuff they send out. I, that stuff's really cool. I think a lot of that stuff helps us all stay engaged. Um, and from every department, there's a little bit of virtual stuff going on. And I think it's actually it's helped us because it's helped us get help us hockey managers um, generate ideas and concepts of what we can do. So I think it's all of all of you guys, the GMs, have done a good job of um, really you know growing the the virtual
2: stuff and I know we appreciate it um I think uh things just go back to community right like we in all of our podcasts we just talked about like the hockey community in California and it's it's pretty close did you think the community coming out here I know you've been in all a bunch of different facilities and a lot of the states are really you know hockey driven communities um when you came out to California did you think that uh the community as a whole would be how how it is and how close it really is out here Kind of. I mean, it's funny, because one thing that brought me out here, I I, I think I mentioned before, was,
1: um, or if I didn't, uh, was kind of the fact that I knew the hockey market and the skating and the ice market in Southern California in particular was booming, uh, but I didn't know it was to level it is. So, so, yeah, I wasn't surprised in terms of the size of it. I kind of was prepared, and that's part of what drew me to this area, was the growth opportunities of the sports we love and obviously future facilities and the, the organization. But having that you know expectation but then coming out here and having it blow my expectation out of the water and then obviously especially since the start of this facility and how busy we've been and the things we've been able to do and attract some of the outside users you know like a Harvard versus Arizona State game huge. So that's a great example of I came out here knowing the hockey market was huge and growing but then to see you know uh, after opening this building and be a part of something in a few months where You know, Art has, you know, the junior Ducks have, sorry, the uh, two or three draft picks in one year. And, you know, this building has the numbers it does. And we have a, we sell out Ducks versus Kings in the preseason. And then also two Arizona State versus Harvard uh, games. First time, you know, I think it was 2000 or something. The last time the hockey was here. So, um, so yeah, I guess, I guess yes and no, you know, I came out here because I knew there was a market on the horizon and it was one of the bigger markets. A lot of people don't but it still surprised me and it's still continues to surprise me with how quick it's evolving. And, and I think I might be biased, but in terms of how aggressive all the organizations out here have been with the virtual hockeys, you know, the hockey at homes, uh, things like podcasts, even some of the smaller rinks, you know, I, I get all their emails and I see they're doing very similar things and uh, the privately owned rinks out here. So um, I don't know if it's just a you know, California thing with the outdoors and the weather, but it seems like a lot of buildings and organizations out here are aligned with a common goal to grow the sport. It's not like that in every district. It's like that in a lot of them, but it's not like that in all of them. So it's it's great. That's
0: cool. Yeah, I I definitely think that Harvard ASU, I think um, obviously was a slam dunk from a a standpoint of looking at the attendance um, and the games themselves. But um, I think it was a slam dunk for the kids. You look at junior Ducks kids, lady Ducks kids, high school, OC kids, all the um the local youth hockey kids to be able to see that locally to see that kind of hockey that skill level um gives them a little bit more of a, a push um if that's what they ultimately want to do and seeing it in your backyard I mean that's great I think it's that was a great great thing great job that you that you know great park and the ducks put on I thought it was you I know mean, I thought it was great the quality
2: was unbelievable and I mean, Anytime did you get that stuff is good. did you even think that 4,000 people theoretically in two days would come see two teams that are not even you know California-based teams? You know, we have Harvard and Arizona. No. You know, and 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 if you were there, which a lot of us were, it was just a great environment to be in. You know. Yeah, um, I I definitely didn't think. I mean, I'd hoped for sure,
1: obviously, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> business standpoint. But um, you know, I, I grew, hockey in the in the Northeast is huge, and, and the Beanpot, I I would take off. I'll say every Monday, but in high school for sure, as a, when I could drive every pop monday the first two mondays in february i would take off from school and go to the fleet center and, and watch you know the four boston schools a lot of unh games a lot of humane games a lot of uh, harvard games but here I, you know it's not something that really exists yet we hope it continues to grow but to have harvard come out who is a great school and an institution and has a huge following but you know total opposite corner of the country right. and they who's had a, a program for about you know five minutes uh, <laughs> allow, you know, they have a huge following too and are building a facility to, to see it grow to the level it did and have us virtu- we'll sell out one game and virtually sell out the other with standing room only was, was above our expectations for sure.
2: I think it leads to like a secondary question would be, you know, seeing the level of people that came, the, the investment level of just coming to see two teams, what has that brought into? Has anything kind of sparked out of that knowing that we have a facility, that, A, that can kind of hold that type of, um, attendance and then B, you know, people are looking to look at higher level hockey, maybe not on an NHL level, but you know, um, maybe elaborate on that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there, we, after
1: that, we got a lot of, you know, increase for sure. And, and this facility was set up to, to hopefully host, you know, that Ring Arena for us, you know, is an ideal, I think, an ideal arena for a, a D1 college, D3 college, you know, minor team, junior hockey. Uh, franchise it's the perfect setup in terms of the number of spectators and obviously this uh pandemic and the crisis we're in changes things for the forever probably but in terms of how we do things but in terms of us the facility yeah i mean that was always something we had we had hoped and and i i like to think that when they designed the facility that was part of why they you know designed five-point arena the way they did but um but yeah there's you know there was some some talks of some hopeful future you know, I, I think it's a you know no brainer that we'll have some more college hockey here, um, and hopefully down the road some uh, some you know NCAA tenants. as as you guys know, we do have Cal State Fullerton and uh, UCI that play out of here. Their club hockey, I believe D two, um, but you guys would know more. But um, so even that on its own, being ACHA not NCAA, has has drawn interest. And I know their numbers went up. UCI this is the first time they've had a program I think in number of years. I think they used to a while back but um so hopefully that continues to to drive that you know spark the energy for ncaa hockey out here
2: that's pretty exciting yeah it is i think it was also cool is what was it the rookie showcase that we you guys had right Vegas Sharks? like that was an awesome
1: experience as well right
0: same thing kind of what walks was talking about all the youth that was coming around watching all the you know future
1: pro hockey players that are playing
2: one of yeah. the takeaways with that that's always interesting, when you're walking around the facility and, you know, you don't always kind of, you know, mix and mingle with, uh, you know, the, the new up-and-comers, you're walking around, you're like, who the heck is that young kid? You're like, oh, oh, okay, so, yeah, he's playing. Yeah. You know, he look, yeah. look like a little baby. You younger than your kids and
1: they're playing yeah. in, a, yeah. in a rookie showcase. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: No, that, that's great. And even, I mean, we even had the, the Amer- U.S. Olympic women's team um, that practiced couple times uh, before they went to Honda Center to play and, and and seeing some of the Lady Ducks come and watch practice and they even went on the ice with some of the Lady Ducks teams uh, there's just been so much that has come through there that I think has helped benefit all of the youth um, yeah we've tried to, to really f-
1: focus on on all segments right so so as you guys know Jesse and, and our marketing group and, and what you guys do with uh, uh, the disabled segments as well you know we hosted the uh, U.S. Paralympic sled team they had their it's called the training camp but a camp um, last fall Um, this fall we have a sled class at the NHL sled classic Uh, we've had a few sled events here with the San Diego Ducks and obviously women's hockey we were you know a big focal point of the women's hockey week with the Ducks and the rivalry series and um, Team USA made this their their site for the training camp for that so um, yeah in a short time and if you take away the last two months of of, uh, COVID related being closed I mean we've been open for 14 months or so and, and the number of things from a hockey and also a figure skating standpoint. I know this is a, a hockey podcast, but <laughs> big, you know, we could easily do a, a skating podcast for, for great park ice and the Olympics we have here. I mean um, it's, it, it's been kind of, it's been a whirlwind for sure of, of events and, and things that we had hoped for, but the diversity of the things we've offered has been probably the thing we're most proud of. And I know uh, David is a part of the team here too. And, and just the ability to be able to offer those different things, from not just hockey, but also skating and all the different segments of it. Blind hockey. I mean, you guys—the stuff that you guys do in relation to uh, blind hockey, deaf hockey—we've we've literally almost done it all. So um, we had firefighters international firefighter tournament last summer. Um, so you know, it's we're really trying to spread ourselves out. And of course, curling. I think you guys have have all tried it, hopefully, but we have curling here as well. So. You know, i still gotta try it never tried it
2: <laughs> you know they always say in our, one of the little models we toss around a skate on every foot and we always joke that you know it sounds kind of cheesy let's we'll be honest but the reality is it, it is true like if you want to play ice sports there's something for you so you at any age level at any capacity if you want to do it there, there's something within in one of our facilities and obviously great park has a big part of that as well
1: definitely yeah, awesome. it gives us the ability to get people in you know we want people to get in here once you know i, th- I think we're pretty confident in the the product we put out here and the people we have for us and uh all across our ranks but you know and, and get them into our buildings once in any capacity whether it be a guest for a birthday party public skating curling broom ball where you don't even have <laughs> yeah. they see the facility and they see the scope of it have some some lunch in the restaurant and, and hopefully they're back in some capacity with you know with the rest of their family or friends oh. back to the facility uh, I,
0: I was, question for you you know you're looking at great park as a whole and all the stuff that you know goes on in the, in the facility just not the ice hockey but the curling um grassroots the skating um you know th- bringing events into the facility the restaurants the parties looking back um from where we started when we opened the doors to now if you had to pick one thing you're most proud of as a from a facility standpoint what, what would it be
1: um i would just i mean i would say our you know it's probably gonna you know sound cheesy but i would say our team the team that we put together here i mean uh because all those things you just listed and all of the events i just listed none of that happens without a especially in a facility this size with almost 200 employees nothing happens without the people so um every piece of it is vitally important and, and that's the same you know single sheet facility or a multi-sheet facility but you know here with how broad everything or how many different avenues we have and different things we have to offer, you know, the, the communication and the ability for us to, again, if we go backwards a couple months to in 14 months, go from ground zero, you know, nothing open to the business that we were running here a couple months ago and the number of employees and everybody doing their part. And for the most part, having very few hiccups, you know, opening a facility this size, I think just a testament to the couple things, the hiring process, you know, we did a lot in terms of the way we, we tried to, to find people, and and just I think us as a company and the organization it just attracts you know uh, the very best in terms of the people we have here. So um, for sure, I would be most proud of the <laughs> for sure I would be the most proud of the, the group of people we have here um, because there's so many different events. I just listed a bunch of hockey ones and some skating ones, and I know I probably missed some. You know, uh, none of those happen. You know, we never have a 114 team tournament if everybody every piece of the puzzle is not aligned and, and communication for us is the biggest piece without that in a facility this size uh, a small thing becomes an extremely big thing uh, very quickly so
2: yeah i like your I like your question i like your answer eddie but uh box is that a little bit of uh, a little pump up for yourself right there, or <laughs> or, uh... did i read
1: the script right yeah yeah, yeah. that's not I what like i wrote that. down eddie that was just an open
2: <laughs> question and uh yeah i feel hey, yeah pretty good eh? <laughs> I was
1: going to ask you Eddie, some questions about tournaments, but I know we're getting towards the end, but I guess I would say that uh, I guess we're all missing being at the rink for 12, 14 hours a day in a hockey tournament by this point, right? Me yeah. coaching, you're running it, me coaching, but you know. Yeah. There's tournaments where you'd see, you know, even back to Anaheim, I would, yeah. Dean and I, you know, Dean probably more so than me, but we both, living at the building for holiday weekends. Oh yeah. I, I me, that just for <laughs> me just babysitting the tournament, Dean, you know, running around coaching six different teams and you know, rest and whatnot. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, and, and that's one thing we're working on now too, is how does the new landscape both, you know, immediately and obviously hopefully down the road when we get more direction, USA hockey has, has released some, some um, recommendations. I know they have their Congress, I think middle of June. Um, so we're kind of waiting on that, but yeah, we, here at Great Park, we really hit a rhythm with tournaments and as, just as well as Anaheim and other, other buildings, but, you know, we're really trying to find a way to, to get back, whether maybe it's three-on-three tournaments or local, you know, but we really, you know, there's going to be, there's a need for it, even in... Yeah, like, everyone's itching. So. We get, yeah, we get enough
2: emails. People want to play at whatever capacity that is. Yeah, we could have yeah, one-on-ones yeah. all day, and they'd probably be into it. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a goalie. So there uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> one, my son, or Eddie? One, one, one plays and
1: one doesn't anymore. I was talking about <laughs> Ed, <he's>
2: my goalie. <laughs> okay.
1: Hey, Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> well, as it is,
0: every every episode, we've got to that special time, oh, that magic that number, special moment, special moment. We're going to wrap it up, but we wrap wrap it up with one last question. Um, you know, we know you like to hit the links every now and then, Eddie. So. We're gonna pose the question. You got to pick your perfect foursome. Obviously, you're a part of it, so you got to come up with three, um, dead or alive, current athletes, or I guess in your case, maybe um, mentors um, in, the, in in the kind of GM world um, that maybe you've come in, um, come across during your your work history.
1: Let's see, that'd be a tough one. I would say, if I had a golf foursome, yep, I would say. For sure, Dana White. I'm a huge UFC fan. And I think uh, the stories that guy has would probably be amazing.
0: Who, who's your who's your who's your number one UFC fighter?
1: People are probably gonna hate it. Daniel Cormier. He's boring, but I love him. People hate him, but I love him. And you think he's gonna fight Stevie? I do. Think I think, think he's gonna, gonna happen? Yeah. 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 As long as Last it's not time. a Honda Center. Every time I've been to Honda Center, <laughs> I've seen my favorite fighter. Uh, I got nice, good seats both times. See my favorite fighter get knocked out cold both times. Oh. <laughs> but oh. so yeah, I mean, I would say. Dana White, uh, that's a good question. Golf for some. Um, Tiger Woods, because I need that extra. I was gonna say, you are gonna try to win? Or are you trying to hang out? Yeah. Which one? Yeah. <laughs> extra stroke. And then. Um, what would be a fourth one. I would say, somebody historical, like maybe uh, like a John F. Kennedy or somebody. Oh, there nice. you am so very much into politics. You're I'm a thinker.
2: Much. You're a thinker. You're going. Yeah, left I very field. much like that
1: era of like. Uh, time Obviously, I wasn't around, um, despite the, uh, not <laughs> them, but very intrigued by kind of that, the politics of that era and, and what people in this country went through and things. So, um, so, yeah, a little bit of history there, a little bit of current events and a, a little bit of sports. Yeah, the cool it's thing about foursome. that
2: question is that it's evolving, right? So we hear the different foursomes from the different people we have on the podcast and uh, <laughs> you're definitely taking a different direction. So the follow up to the next person, it's going to be, uh, they're going to have some things to think about. And that's a good way to <laughs> test. It's a good way to test if your guests have been watching because they would know that question's coming.
1: Yeah. Do yeah. Yeah. So,
2: <laughs> you know that you haven't been watching our stuff?
1: I've been watching <laughs> it until the end. I watched the intro and, and catch that, that tune. Just the music. Watch his
0: intro and yeah. turns it off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so everybody sees I, I got my click count and I receives it and then I. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's great. Well, I want to say thank you Eddie, for taking a little bit of time to answer some questions and uh, hopefully our customers and viewers uh, enjoy what you had to say. And,
1: um like i said we appreciate you taking the time absolutely. definitely yeah.
0: thanks, eddie. thanks eddie well it's
1: happy too, to be on and it's nice nice little change of uh you know scenery for for a half an hour and obviously we're looking forward to to getting back at it and hopefully seeing you guys and everybody who's watching uh, great park and our other buildings soon
0: absolutely, absolutely. and yep. uh, i guess guys thanks for another episode and customers out there thanks for tuning in hope you enjoyed this um be prepared for next week we got a few few surprise guests that we're working on right now that we don't want to say anything about but um you know you'll be really pretty interested to to see some of our future guests coming up so uh, stay tuned um, for us to release the, the names of some of these guests but until then stay safe